0: To the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on, Finest fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Your boy Will's riding solo on this one. I wanted to get something out. Uh, we didn't really get to do a pre-draft uh, rookies episode, so I wanted to do something post-draft. I want to talk about some things that we, uh, well, that I, uh, was, had caught my eye, um, from the, um, the draft, the rookie prospects that were coming in. So of course this is our rookie watch, you know, kind of post draft. If you follow me on Twitter, you already seen that I had made throughout a couple lists, uh, with guys that really had caught my attention and that I was looking for, uh, to see where they landed during the draft. So, if you were following me, you've seen that list. I'm gonna retweet that list uh probably later on this week, uh, when this episode drops, uh, which should be around the eleventh or twelfth of May. So we can get that drawn out there now. Uh as soon as possible rather. And you know, just try and get that in. So in this episode we're gonna be coming over our well, I keep saying our. I'm, I'm. I said I'm flying solo, right? <laughs> it's just me. So I'm gonna go over some of my uh, players that I have for my rookie watch, and then we're gonna do some post draft reactions to some of the places that some players that I have my eyes on um, landed. Give you some reactions to those, and um, it's gonna be a pretty decent episode. This is gonna be a little shorter than our normal ones since it's just me, but you know we still gonna try stack as much in here as we can so before we get into the news make sure you follow us on twitter at fantasys finest make sure you follow the show subscribe to whatever podcast you listen to like apple google iHeartRadio, spotify all that good stuff uh, make sure you follow the host me you can follow will at hype underscore finest you can follow jalen at ace underscore eca4 and you can follow mark at mcnucks on twitter so with that being said let's get into the news news and notes from around the nfl all right so first up carry on johnson was cut by the detroit lions he was picked up off waivers by the philadelphia eagles now i've seen some reactions to this news as oh my goodness Miles Sanders is under attack now. I wouldn't go as far as to say that because I firmly believe that Miles Sanders is the man in Philly. Like he just, he's just too much of a dynamic player uh, to try and pivot from. I think at this point he's shown that he's shown you repeatedly that when he's healthy and he's on the field, he can make things happen. The problem was, is that last season, for whatever reason, they were infatuated with kind of shuffling him in and out with Boston Scott. I didn't understand that too much. I knew he struggled. I knew uh, Miles Sanders struggled with, you know, some reception and fumbling issues. But the overall talent that you get from Miles Sanders kind of lends to the fact that maybe he should be on the field a little bit more. I w- if receptions were an issue for Miles Sanders last in twenty twenty, um. I'm like, look, man. He's my best offensive weapon. He's got to be out there. So he's gonna have to work through it. It would have been a rough year, you know, if, if he got the the targets that if he got more of the target share that Boston Scott chewed into. But there's no way in the world that I would uh, take Miles Sanders off the field for a guy like Boston Scott. So with on Johnson coming in, I don't see it much of a th- as much of a threat. To Miles Sanders' fantasy value for this year. It could, you never know. But my feeling is that if anything, if anybody should be on the watch, is now Jordan Howard. I think Karyon Johnson and Jordan Howard are similar in builds. I think Jordan Howard is a little bit bigger, but they're around the same height. I think Carry uh, On Johnson is 5'11. Um, Jordan Howard is about six foot. They're both around 200 and maybe 15, 20 pounds a piece but carry on Johnson is the better pass catcher between him and Jordan Howard with Nick Sirianni coming in. I feel like the dynamic is they want to have pass catching running backs and Jordan Howard doesn't fit that bill. So if anything, Jordan Howard's got to be looking over his shoulder heading into camp um, at, with this carry on Johnson signing. Let's keep it moving. Fifth year options have been picked up. Let's go with Saquon Barkley. He's the Giants picked up his fifth-year option. He's set to make $7.2 million in uh, the 2022 year. Carolina Panthers' DJ Moore had his fifth-year option picked up. He's going to make just over $11 million in 2022. Also, Calvin Ridley, the Atlanta Falcons, a wide receiver, got his fifth-year option picked up. He's going to make just over $11.1 million in 2022. Now, there were a couple guys that didn't get their fifth-year options picked up uh falcons tight end hayden Hurst didn't get his picked up which kind of it's kind of sucks man because i had oh man i had did a dynasty startup and it was like early so i i drafted hayden Hurst, man and i'm thinking yo this is you know he's gonna do a lot better he was averaging five point about five and a half, maybe six targets a game last year. He's going to take the next step that, you know, the Falcons passed the ball a lot, blah, 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 blah. Then the Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts. And I'm like, oh my God, no, <laughs> those shares are done. They're done. This is Hayden Hurst is basically on his way out because, you know, you got Kyle Pitts, you know, it's no point. They They don't run a two tight end offense. So it's so hard to say goodbye to Hayden Hurst. What it is, what it is. He's not picking up his fifth year option. He's going to be a free agent. What well, after uh, this uh, season? Also, Rashad Penny, the Seattle Seahawks uh, running back also didn't get his fifth year option picked up. Now this is this is a little this is a little salty because earlier in the off season, Chris Carter was like, I mean Chris Carson was like, yeah, me and Rashad Penny, we're the best tandem running backs in the league. Really, bro? <laughs> really? How? Where is the proof in that? Because Rashad Penny's never been healthy for more than a few handful of games and then he's out then chris carson's hair carrying a little, and then he gets hurt so how are y'all the best tandem nah come on man you capping? i and i like chris carson i think he's really good but he goes down almost every year and it sucks because for me i have i have like delusions of grandeur when it comes to chris carson because when he's on the field man he's I I think he's he could be a top ten running back if you give him an entire season, but he goes down at the worst opportune time. So it's like, man, I, it it never comes to fruition. Like if I can get him as a, like a, a RB two, and if I draft running back deep, I can f- kind of flip him out to be like an RB three or something. Then I'm cool with that. But he just he just stayed getting hurt, and then Rashad Penny. He's still getting hurt, too. I don't know where he's going to end up next year, you know, because you always have talent coming in. Maybe somebody will pick him up after he's released, but he's not coming back to Seattle. That's for sure. Moving along, Zach Ertz is being held hostage in Philly. But according to a recent report, he may not play for the Eagles in 2021. Uh, This report comes from NBC Sports Dave Zangaro, who said uh, that he conceded that Despite Zach Ertz remaining at the top of the roster at the tight end position, he could be released or traded in the coming months. Now, if you remember correctly, Zach Ertz asked for a trade. He got permission to get a trade back in March. The Eagles are looking for a third round pick for the 30 year old tight end. I'm not sure who's going to nobody's pick uh, throwing out a third round pick for Zach Ertz. I don't think that he's done. But those landing spots kind of dried up like there was a lot of speculation that he could go follow Carson Wentz to Indianapolis and be the number one guy over there. If he does, that would be good fantasy value for, um, to me because he's definitely better than Jack Doyle. Um, it would hurt my sleeper, though, and Mo Ali Cox like I'm rocking with that boy. Like they really need to give Mo Ali Cox a chance. But. Um, there's not a lot of places off the top of my head where I could see Zach Ertz going and still having relevant fantasy value um, this year. Like I said, it's off the top. Like if I really did some research, I could probably throw a couple names or a couple teams rather where he could go and then still have fantasy value. But they're going to hold on to him and expect to get something for him instead of just letting him walk. Like I know he's got some money tied up on the team and he's still under contract, but he doesn't want to be there anymore. He's already said as much, you know, asking for permission to to do a trade. So just let that man walk. You're you're in a rebuild. You have Dallas Goddard. Let him walk. Find another team. You're going to have to eat that money. You're already eating it for Carson Wentz. You know, full rebuild. Get it together and let Zach Ertz find his own team. But that'll wrap it up for the news. Now let's get into these rookies. NFL 2021 rookie watch and post-draft reaction. Fantasy rookie watch. Now, heading into draft weekend, there was a couple there were a couple of players that I really wanted to watch, especially in the first round. I wanted to see where um Travis Etienne went. I felt like he was one of the best backs. Um, In terms of big playability coming out in the first round, um, he was really the hype around Travis was warranted. I got to watch some of his um, highlight reels from college. Uh, dude, to me, he looks like he's the fastest back in this class, like bar none. His breakaway, his breakaway speed, the way he moves, shiftiness, he can make dudes miss. He's got good hands like he's the total package. He's just a little bit smaller, but I don't think that that's going to be a huge issue. Um, He just he's just a dynamic piece um, coming out of Clemson. He played with Trevor Lawrence. I do like the landing spot where he ended up with uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't appreciate Urban Myers trying to cap with the whole, you know, we're going to use him as a third down back. Like, get out of here with that. You're not going to do that. But Travis Etienne was one of the guys I was hoping was going to land in a good spot. Now, this does suck for James Robinson, but, you know, it is what it is. Travis Etienne, um, I'm definitely going to have my eye on him and see where his ADP starts to settle down at as we get closer to draft season. Now, another guy I really have my eye on was receiver Devontae Smith. Now, there, there was been, there's been an issue about his size. I personally I don't really care as long as he can stay healthy during the regular season at the NFL level, I don't he can be as small, small as crap Now I understand that there haven't been a lot of wide receivers his size that have had success, but I wouldn't underestimate him in terms of his production at the NFL level. He's coming into a situation where he's been drafted by the Eagles he's going to be their number one wide receiver. Um, they need to get something going in that wide receiver core and pairing him to, to be honest, pairing him with Jalen Reger and hopefully Travis Fulgham. That's actually a pretty decent wide receiver core. I know people aren't familiar with Travis Fulgham, the wide receiver, because he got, he had a nice little stint. um, between weeks five and eight and then he got yanked um for alshon jeffrey to come back which i thought was stupid but he showed you that he's more than capable of not only getting a heavy target share but actually producing even with a quarterback who was flailing um last season in carson Wentz. so if you have that kind of trio coming out in smith fulgham and Rager, who's going to be your speed threat, that's actually a, – it's a low-key good wide receiver core. So Devontae Smith is going to be the piece that – he's going to be the spearhead for that offense uh, among the wide receivers. He's got a real chance, I think, out of the – I think the only person that has a really b- – a, a better chance to do better than him based on their situation is Jamar Chase. Um, and that's just because the, the Bengals – they're pass heavy. I mean, Joe Burrow was on pace to throw over 600 passes last year before he got hurt. So you're just adding another piece that he's more familiar with to come into that offense that's already a high-volume passing offense. So maybe Jamar Chase will have a better season, but Devontae Smith shouldn't be slept on. Now, the rookies that I thought—well, I have one rookie. It was one guy that I thought that wasn't being talked about enough. And that's maybe because of where he was graded Tamarian Terry out of Florida, uh, Florida State. He was a wide receiver, 6'4", 210 pounds uh, on CBS's uh, NFL draft prospect list. He had 126 ranked. That was about a fourth round um, that he didn't. He got he didn't get he went undrafted and then Seattle, picked him up. I think that this kid here, he's probably if I had to list him, he's probably going to be one of my. A deeper sleepers because he could be could you imagine if you have a wide receiver like dk metcalf on one side and then you have Tamerion terry on the other with tyler lockett in the slot you have a twin tower situation in seattle you finally give russell wilson a bona fide number three wide receiver target because we know for the last couple of years that the wide receiver three position in seattle is basically non-existent it's been dk metcalf tyler lockett and then maybe the tight end or maybe chris carson but i would probably lean a little bit to more toward uh the tight end position whether it would have been uh jim uh jimmy graham in the past uh will disley has some spark and it kind of went like that that the tight end would fill in for that third pass catcher. That wasn't the running back. You give Russell Wilson this kind of target, if he can develop, because like I said, he was graded out to be a fourth round. He was 116-ranked wide receiver. That looked to be about the fourth round. If he shows something in camp, you have a dynamic piece right there. You give Russell Wilson another big body wide receiver who has some, who has decent speed. And I'm, I'm just being a little, I'm low key about it. He's got great speed, big frame, dangerous, deep, uh, deep threat. He's got size. He's got hands. He can separate. These are all the things that Russell Wilson needs in another option. He's got, He's before he's just had Metcalf and Lockett and that's it. And when the deep ball is not there, we saw last season towards the second half of the 2020 season, when the deep ball is not there, the deep plays not there. It's like, okay, what do we do now? But you give to Marion Terry, give him an option to play underneath, maybe uh, help Russell Wilson out around the line of scrimmage. You got Tyler Lockett taking the uh, offense, taking the defense rather, the top off because you know he's a he's a deep threat or like you just have a another weapon that could benefit from the prowess that russell wilson has as a pass a passer i don't think that you sleep on that, so i'm definitely watching seattle camp to see where terry falls if he can crack that uh, wide receiver group that could be a thing so just if you if you want to give somebody credit for Tamarion terry Holla at your boy. (laughs) Now let's get into some post uh, draft reactions. Um, We're going to basically talk about some of the landing spots where I did a little bit earlier, but I got a couple more guys where I really think that you should be paying attention to these landing spots. These players that have landed at certain spots, they may have, that may be able to give you fantasy value this year. Now my first guy is Daz Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver out of Louisville. 6'2, 210 pounds. He got drafted in the fourth round by the Tennessee Titans. Now, I know the first thing that you think sometimes is that they're highly efficient, but they don't pass a lot. You know, you have Derrick Henry there. He's a monster. We all know that. AJ Brown is gonna see a boatload of targets um next season. It's almost a given because he's that dude in Tennessee. But They don't have John Smith anymore. They don't have Corey Davis anymore. That's got to be at least 150, 140 to 150 plus targets that are now gone with those two leaving. Des Fitzpatrick can come in and have a role in that offense. Immediately. Who's the other wide receiver that's there on the roster right now that's got you thinking, man, He's going to step up this year. I couldn't think of anybody, and I looked at the roster. None of those names sparked it. So Dez Fitzpatrick has a chance to not only come in and prove himself during camp, but he can slide right into that wide receiver, too. Corey Davis saw 97 targets, I believe, last season. Um, He had a kind of a breakout year. 97 targets from the wide receiver, too. And you also have to cut into some of what John O. Smith had because he's not there anymore. I think it's Anthony Fisker that's going to be the tight end for the Titans this year. But if you take even a portion of that tight end share, the tight end target share, and give it to the wide receiver too, that could be a potential a sleeper right there. I kind of like that. That's uh, Fitzpatrick. Another guy to how, who I was looking at was Nico Collins. He got drafted in the third round by the Houston Texans, wide receiver out of Michigan. 6'4, 200, 215 pounds. If you've been paying it now, let me just preface preface this by saying that this is all dependent on whether or not Deshaun Watson plays. Because we know how good of off the field issues aside, we know how Deshaun Watson gets down on the field. He was He led the league in uh, passing yards last season. He's that dude in Houston, bar none. But when you look at the wide receiver core for Houston, behind Brandon Cooks, who's there to really pull in more targets than Brandon Cooks, potentially? Nobody. Randall Cobb is not going to go in there and then light it up. He can't, he got to stay healthy. He reverted back to his old... Green Bay Ways after leaving Dallas to go to Houston. He got hurt. Will Fuller isn't there anymore. He's went he went to Miami. So you have a vacuum situation there. You Nico Collins has a similar situation to Des Fitzpatrick. But even in a better or in terms of volume, an even better situation because they're gonna throw the ball. Houston Houston's defense is horrendous so they're going to be in situations much like the Bengals, where they're going to have to throw the ball to stay in games who's going to benefit from that all he has to do is get through camp and get on the field now judging by his third round draft value it's probably going to get on the field like i said there's nobody else there in houston that's going to take those targets away so nico collins is a name you should remember too Pay attention to these camp battles as we get closer to training camp. When they start, you're going to want to see where these guys end up. Another guy, another running back that I really liked uh, was Trey Sermon, running back out of Ohio. Six feet, 215 pounds. He was drafted by the 49ers um, in the third round. Now, I was really hoping that Trey Sermon was going to be one of those running backs that land in a spot maybe like Atlanta or uh, Arizona, where they need a running back. And the guys that they have are not as spectacular. Like Atlanta has Mike Davis. They didn't really address the running back position during the draft. So they're going to roll with Mike Davis. Arizona, uh, Kingsbury was gassing on uh, Chase Edmonds, talking about, oh, yeah, you know, he could be a starter. Come on, man, my sister. My sister could be a starter. Chase Edmonds is what he is. He had an opportunity to be a starter, starting running back. He averaged, what, 2.9 yards a carry. Saw 21 carries in that one game where Kenyon Drake was out. He, he, you know, and I'm not trying to poo-poo on Chase Edmonds, but I'm not really buying him being a starter. They went out and signed James Conner. James Conner, he's looking to rebound. He had a bad year in Pittsburgh. You know, they didn't bring him back for reasons because he's the running game. Not only was the running game for the Steelers horrible, James Conner was not the James Conner that they needed after they let Le'Veon Bella go. So they got rid of him. They signed Najee. They got Najee Harris through the draft. Really like that pick. Really like that pick. But I want to talk about Trey Sermon. And the reason why I bring Trey Sermon up or I was talking about Trey Sermon I got sidetracked I got distracted excuse me but Trey Sermon's in a situation where with the 49ers while he may it's like he may or may not be able to have fantasy value this year you still have Raheem Mostert who's going to be the starter um you still have a bunch of bodies in front of him like Jamichael Hasty um was the, other, the, the there's another running back that's escaping my name right uh, escaping my mind right now but The long, the short answer is he's got some competition to compete in front of this year. Now, we know how Raheem Mostert's injury history can be a little telling. Um, He could go down and Trey Sermon could come in to replace him. What I think is going to happen is that based on Raheem Mostert's contract, he's going to be a free agent in 2022. So it may not be this year, but it definitely could be next year. Trey Sermon could be the running back that they use to replace Raheem Mostert and be that lead back for the 49ers. So if you're in Dynasty, you should grab Trey Trey Sermon. If you haven't done a Dynasty startup yet, you know it's still early. Trey Trey Sermon should be on your radar. I'm getting tongue-tied again. Sherman. (laughs) It's not Sherman, it's Sermon. Um, He averaged... I'm going to get into his numbers real quick. He averaged over seven yards a carry in the final two years of his college career. Um, One year was with Oklahoma state. And then of course the other one was with Ohio state. Now he wasn't you much. He wasn't used as a pass catcher um, too much. I think he only had 12 carries, uh, excuse me, 12 targets in Ohio state. I think he had like four or some crazy little number like that in Oklahoma. So he's not, he can catch. I'm gonna say he can catch, but his strongest feat is his ability to run through on the ground. Seven yards of carry. And his highlights, man, he's just running dudes over he's fearless to me. Running dudes over left and right. Like it was ridiculous. He and he has a nose for an end zone. So I I like that situation with Kyle Shanahan and the running game in the San Francisco 49ers. Definitely going to be looking forward to seeing what he can do either this year or next year. He's, Sermon could be the guy that could win your fantasy league because most goes down or hasty goes down because of injuries. And then they throw Trey Sermon in there and he gets all the carries. So that's one of those, that's one of those uh, situations kind of reminds me of um, the emergence of Nick Chubb a few years ago um, when Carlos Hyde got the boot and, Nick Chubb came in, and he stomped his way to Fantasy gold, so just keep an eye on Sherman. I did it again, Sherman. Keep your eye on Sherman and see where he goes during this year. um another running back I liked uh coming out of the draft was Michael Carter running back out of north carolina um 5'8", 201 pounds. He's a little bit smaller uh than your average running back at that size. But his situation with the New York Jets. Could we see Michael Carter as a standalone running back in that group? Michael P. Ryan is there. Tevin Coleman got signed through free agency. But we kind of already know what Tevin Coleman is at this point. Like he's not. He's shown glimpses of being able to be a starting running back, but his body either just doesn't hold up or the production that he produces is not good enough now I think Robert Salah you know grabbed him because he's familiar with Tevin Coleman I'm not sure if they knew whether they were going to take a running back during a draft or not but Tevin Coleman I would dare say Tevin Coleman is going to start the season but he's not going to finish um, I'm not sure if LaMichael P. Ryan is um, what can I say like he's not Robert Salah's pick like you know when a guy comes in when a new head coach or a new offensive coordinator come in and they're surveying the team that they have they want to bring in their guys Michael Carter was selected to be one of those guys whether he can be a every now and back um, at the NFL level I'm gonna say I'm not sure that he can be just because of his size but that despite that this little dude gets Daryl he can break through tackles, he's stronger, he's built, I mean, I don't want to coin this, he's built different, but his, despite his smaller stature, he's not afraid to go between the tackles. He got, he's got great pass catching hands. I just hope that they don't decide to just pigeonhole him into a role as opposed to allowing him to be able to be an every down back, um, especially when you have, a rookie coming in is Zach Wilson. That combination could be something that you could see. They do have enough wide receivers where you're not going to crowd the um, line of scrimmage to try and stop the run. Corey Davis, uh, Denzel Mims, um, Elijah Moore, J- Jamison Crowder. Like these are all, well, not going to throw Elijah Moore in there just yet, but they have potential that wide receiver core has potential now, as opposed to what it was when Sam Darnold was there. So maybe we get to see Michael Carter in a starting role this season. Um, I'm definitely not counting on Tevin Coleman to be there the whole year as a starter. Um, but those are my selections for the post draft. I didn't want to get too deep or too long winded. Um, like I said, I this wasn't going to be an extra long episode. So, um, and these are just some of the guys I've been keeping my eyes on as we get close. Like I said before, as we get closer into the start of training camp and then we get really deep into how things are moving in training camp, that's when we're going to see who rises to the top. So even if you're not really crazy deep into how fantasy goes throughout the uh, offseason, you definitely want to pay attention to what happens or the reports coming out of training camp because, you can get, you get to keep your eye on some of those hidden gems, those sleepers or those deep sleepers that have potential. And then maybe, you know, through the course of your draft, you keep an eye on, you know, your favorite, see where you can get them. And then you save a little spot on your bench, you know, to, you know, go grab, go grab that sleeper that you have been really pining over or that you've been thinking about. You may be able to go grab a Nico Collins, uh, in late in the draft, um, or you may be able to be able to get Des Fitzpatrick or whoever you've been able to keep your eye on. So always keep that strategy in mind. Save a little spot on your bench, maybe one or two spots, depending on how many bench spots you have in your league. And, you know, go grab a, go grab a sleeper or two. You know what I'm saying? You know, ain't nothing wrong with that. But um, before we shut this down, we are doing our very first giveaway. So pay attention to this. We are going to give an official Nike NFL color rush jersey from NFL.com. We're going to give one away to one of our listeners. So, what do you have to do to join in this giveaway? This is what you got to do follow Fantasy Finance on Twitter. That's F A N T A S Y S P H I N E S T. Follow Fantasy Finance on Twitter subscribe to the podcast, wherever platform you use, hit that subscribe button, screenshot both the follow and the subscribe, and you're going to pin it to a tweet that we have. I mean, you're going to post it in a tweet that we have pinned to our account. We're going to do that. We're going to throw that tweet up Wednesday for entry to the giveaway. Once we get a bunch of, we're going to get a bunch of names and then we're gonna go put a, do a random poll. So you have to listen to the podcast as we make the announcement on the podcast. So do you got that? Follow Fantasy's Finest on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Screenshot both the follow and subscribe. And then you're gonna post it on to our tweet that we have pinned to our account on the Fantasy's Finest account on Wednesday. This episode is being recorded on 5. Well, it's it's midnight now. <laughs> it's midnight now, but this is 5.10. We're going to have podcasts dropping on Tuesday. That will be the 12th of May. So stay tuned. Wednesday's the 13th. And that suite will be up there. So make sure that you have your stuff together for our very first Fantasy's Finest finest fans giveaway i think that's what we should call it the finest fans giveaway so y'all know what to do i've said enough let's shut it down we will talk to you in our next episode y'all be safe peace out thanks for listening to the fantasy's finest podcast be sure to join the community on facebook and follow us on twitter too at the fantasy's finest see you next episode